Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's head to Glen Rose, Texas. Ray, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Good morning, Jim. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, okay, thank you. Um, I've got a, a, a buildup of minerals in my shower, tiled shower. Uh-huh. And I don't want to have to put on a space suit to clean it <laughs> off with, with all the stuff they've got. It's, some of this pretty, looks pretty toxic. So what would you recommend the best way to do that? Is it on the fixtures themselves? It's it's not on the fixtures. It's on the tile. The walls are all tiled and everything else. It's down toward the lower part, you know. Okay. You know, there's only a couple of products that, that are really going to tackle it. Now, I typically always start with using scrubbing bubbles, and mostly okay. because it does a great job of removing all the soap scum and buildup and stuff like that. And a lot of times when it's on the walls that way, uh, when it's taking off all the soaps buildup and stuff, it'll take off those mineral deposits as well because okay. there are a lot of times it adhered to uh, the skim of the soap rather than the tile itself. Gotcha. If it is on the tile itself, now you're going to be dealing with going after it using like a CLR or a Lime Away, some of those type of products. Right. And if you're if you have a ceramic tile with a glazed finish on it, you're fine. It, it's not going to do anything. Where you got to watch out though uh, is some of these uh, stones. You know, a lot of showers now are done with they they call it a tile, but it's actually a cut stone. Right. That can be etched and damaged using those type of products. Ah, uh, okay. So if it is that type. So what would you recommend then not to use those other ones? What would you recommend? I don't have anything to, to recommend if it's those other ones. Okay. Okay. I'll have to do some research to figure out what that is. I've got samples of the tile, and I know who put it in. So originally well, in the house. Well, it's easy. To, if you've got a, a piece of the tile, yeah. uh, just look at the backside. Okay. If, if it's got the same uh, material going all the way through and the backside looks the same, You've got stone. If the backside has is gray or, or not gray, uh, reddish color, you know, like clay, uh, right? Then you got a tile. Gotcha. Okay. All righty. And one other quick question. Sure. If I have to redo some grout in there, is that a is that a tough job? Should I hire someone to do that, or can I do that myself? I've never done it before. Well, y- uh, yes and no. It is a tough job, and yes, you can do it yourself. Uh, the biggest thing about redoing grout is it's time-consuming uh, right. because you, you have to get out enough material to put new material in. Right. Uh, and yeah, it make, I, they I make great tools. I over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. You'd be surprised how many people try that, and it just flakes off. <laughs> uh, it, truly, if you're going to do it, um, they make a hand tool that you can you know use to, to rub the stuff out. That takes forever, and it's a lot of elbow grease. Dremel, you know, the little uh, Dremel tools, they yeah, actually, I actually have one of those. Perfect. Have one. Okay, if yeah. you've got one of those, they make a, a head for that that is specifically. That one looks like a half moon one or something like well, that. Well, uh, they get that, they, that one, and they got one that looks like a kind of a grinder wheel. 
Okay. Okay. And that's they've they've got one for re- just removing the grout. Okay. Okay. And I'll, that'll I'll, that'll I'll make short that. work out of it. Uh, I shouldn't say short work. It still takes a long time, but it'll make shorter work out of it for you. Okay. All right. Now, uh, 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 a couple ahead, quick ahead. notes though. When you if you go back to put the tile or the grout back in, uh, right. make sure that you clean the grout thir- the the tile rather thoroughly, uh, as the instructions say on the different grouts, because a lot of times what people do is they'll they'll clean it a few times and there's still a little bit of a haze left on there, uh-huh. and they don't they wait too long to clean that haze off and then it becomes very difficult to get it off. Okay. 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 Well, that sounds good. You know, I was talking to someone. They said they make a, a stuff in a tube that has got grout in it. And you can put it in there. But someone else told me they have a they had a bad experience with that. Is is that something you'd recommend? No. Okay. Okay. No, I, I would still use the the regular grouts and and the they, the the rubber uh, trowel to spread it in and bury it deep into the the crevices and stuff. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much, and again, have a Merry Christmas, and I really I listen to your show all the time. You, you've you helped me out more than what you realize. <laughs> I go, hey, I was going to call and ask that, and, you know, boom. Well, you Ray, I, job, and I really appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, and you have a Merry Christmas as well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Billy and Frisco, how can I help you? Hi. I have a oh. question about with the HVAC system. Um, I have some lung issues, so putting in it, uh, Respicare is the name of the product, is an air purifier that goes in the HVAC system. What is your opinion or recommendations on that? Well, for most people, they don't need the air purification systems because, uh, you know, most systems are put in with media filters now, uh, usually like four or six inches thick, and that takes care of what most of us have. Uh, But... You mentioned uh, your your medical uh, issues, and for that type of purpose, absolutely, you can put in a purification system. Okay, it's a photocatalytic ionization sort of thing. Does that sound? <laughs> yeah, right? and and basically, what it's going to be is is a light system that kills the the bacteria and stuff as they're going through. Okay. The, the filter, the media filter, is still going to remove the majority of the uh, things that are in the air in that. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. you're going beyond that, though, and making sure that you're killing off all the bacteria and stuff to, to just make it more efficient. Right. Well, it can't hurt. <laughs> no, ma'am. Let's head over to Richardson. And Jim, this is Jim. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing fine. Uh, I have a question regarding uh, shower installation. Okay. Uh, my wife and I are in our 70s, and we're looking at having a shower installed over an old towel shower. The shower is about six foot by four. It's kind of a, we it's in the middle of two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So um, it has a little window up at the top. And my question, first of all, is, would you let someone just install the new showers like they do without that window or or what's the best way to do that also 
they only advertise on TV $99 a month, you know, and I, yeah. I'd like to know the approximate cost of this. And do I look through the Better Business Bureau or, or who could you recommend? Well, uh, for, first, as far as the window, uh, that's a totally up to you if you want to have the window there or not. Uh, okay. So it's really, if it's high enough where water is not hitting it from the shower head, it's nothing to worry about other than, All right. other, you know, so it's strictly your choice. Now, I will tell you, if you run the shower material up over it, it's going to show from outside. So you would probably want to do something with it outside as well uh, if if you took that approach. Uh, you mentioned something, though, when you first started talking, that they're looking at going over your existing one? No, not necessarily. I want okay. your recommendation on that. Don't do that. Uh, take off what you've got, go back to the studs, and come up with new material. Okay. Um, you're just going to find it's going to do a much better job that way. Uh, I personally like to use a product called Onyx. It's uh, O-Y-N-O-X, I believe. Uh, okay. And it's, it comes in sheets that are, you know, some of the newer stuff is just really thin, like a eighth inch, and it's all flexible and stuff. Uh, this stuff is more like a quarter to half inch thick. Okay. Um, it, it'd be more like a silestone or something like that type product that can go onto the walls. It's solid that way, extremely easy to take care of. Uh, and like going around the window, you know, the, yes. the window would be cut out, and then you'd have uh, sections of this for the window sill and everything as well. Uh, it just looks gorgeous and it and is extremely durable. Cost wise. Okay. Um, you know, the way materials have been going up, uh, I may be a little bit light on it, but depending on what all has to be done, because you said this was a four by six, didn't you? It's a smaller shower. Yes. I don't know exactly, but, uh, okay. I would say it's about a four by six. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. You are probably going to be looking at something in the six to 12,000 range to redo that shower. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's quite expensive. Uh, it is very expensive. I mean, if you finance $99 to be paying for that uh, forever for your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Amex is what you would uh, prefer yes, sir. using. Yep. And uh, how thick is that again? Oh, it, it's going to range uh, at a quarter... Probably more like uh, three-eighths of an inch or so. Three-eighths, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and again, would you use the Better Business Bureau to find somebody? No, actually, I would uh, look up Onyx and use one of their recommended installers. Oh, excellent. Thank you very much. You bet, Jim. You take care and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Got an, uh, another email that came in and you know, I haven't been asked this one in, in a while because a lot of this, this has been over or already taken care of. But this comes from Deborah in Huntsville. And she says, my 1953 home is in beautiful condition, as is the original asbestos shingle siding. However, some of 
the new windows I'm replacing will cause changes in the opening sizes and therefore create areas on the exterior where I'll need to change the exterior. Can I place Hardy over the existing siding? You know, back in my younger years, um, I grew up in a house that was built in 1926 that had uh, asbestos siding added to it later. And uh, so I've done quite a bit of work with it. And what you're going to find is if you try to go over that with a siding, every time they try to punch a nail or a screw through it or anything, those asbestos shingles are going to just shatter. And it's just going to create a huge mess uh, on doing anything. And so typically, they end up taking the, those old asbestos shingles off first. Now that runs into a different issue for you because if a contractor comes in and removes those asbestos shingles, they're going to have to suit up, properly dispose of, uh, do regular asbestos abatement. And quite honestly, it's a real expensive process for something that really shouldn't be that expensive. Now, the way the codes are written, a homeowner can take it off themselves. And I still recommend you wear masks and suit up and all that stuff. But you're allowed to just load it up and take it to the dump. Contractors can't do that. And so it, it literally can save you tens of thousands of dollars in doing it yourself. The other thing, though, and I, I, I'm going to go back to the very beginning of this, where you're replacing windows that's causing this to happen. If you're doing replacement windows, those should be custom-made per openings. So there shouldn't be this huge variance. Uh, typically, this would happen if you're going back with off-the-shelf type windows. And I've, I've done quite a bit of that. And, yeah, the off-the-shelf windows don't match those older homes. And so you end up either framing in or uh, knocking the, the openings bigger in order to put it in. So one of the other things you can do if that's the case is actually retrim around the windows. A lot of times windows were trimmed in one by fours. If you get into really older homes, uh, like well, like that one from 1926, for instance, those windows were all trimmed in one by six. And so that could save you having to replace all that siding because, believe it or not, that asbestos siding isn't going to harm you a bit if left alone. It only becomes an issue when we start messing with it, breaking it, drilling in it, things like that. Uh, asbestos, when it's in a solid form like that, is not a problem. It's when it turns to dust that it becomes a problem. So uh, my recommendation would be if you're going to have to put new siding on, that asbestos siding is going to have to come off. So in order to avoid that, take a look at uh, replacement windows rather than new construction type windows. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. We're going to head over to Channel View. Reese, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. How are you doing? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, good, good, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, uh, I got a, uh, well, first, uh, I, I had a uh, Duet's air condition company come in uh, and install a, a furnace and air conditioner about four years ago. Uh, not a problem. Good. Never had a problem. Never had a problem since. 
Thank you, sir. But, I appreciate uh, you letting us do that. Yeah, absolutely. I got a, a two-part question, and it has to do with, uh, in my backyard, the, the wood fence. I guess some people call it like the neighborhood fence. And uh, I got my left side changed, the right side changed, but the problem I'm having is, is the fence directly in the back. Uh-huh. And the first question is, how do you decide who, who the, the fence belongs to? Does it does it depend on how it's made? Or And then the second question is, I've been trying to, you know, talk with my neighbor about maybe, you know, getting together and change it or if I have to change it myself. But the problem is if I if I put one fence in front of the other one, right along that fence line is an AT&T uh, a cable box right in the ground. So if I was to put that fence in front, it would sit directly on top of that box. Yeah, that ain't so, going to work. And I, yeah, I don't know if that would be a good idea or not. No, no. Um, honestly, as far as how you decide who owns the fence, uh-huh. uh, typically it's kind of a joint thing. Uh, right. You know, a lot of times neighbors get together and split the cost, but if one neighbor is not willing to yeah. split the cost, then you may end yeah, up you, footing the bill yourself. Right. I, I would okay. not move the fence, though. Leave it where it's at because uh-huh. of that box. Uh, mm-hmm. Are the posts bad, or is it just the pickets? Uh, well, everything is 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 leaning backwards. Is uh, I would say is ah. you know maybe another year the most you're going to get out of it. Yeah, you know, and then also too when you have pets, you don't want them busting through the fence, you know, sure. of other people's property and stuff like that. So it's it's about twenty years old. I mean, imagine twenty years old. So, uh, you know, that's, so that's the issue I have. So again, with the box, that, that might be a major problem. So yeah, so I, I would stick with using uh, the fence that's there, and 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 what they'll do is they'll end up pulling the post out. Uh-huh. And utilizing those same holes, uh, uh-huh. make sure that eight one one is called before any digging is done, because they'll come out and mark where those lines are supposed to be for uh-huh. the uh, for AT and T and whoever else has an easement back there. Uh, uh-huh. the, the thing to keep in mind, a lot of people don't realize this, but when they come out and mark those lines, mm-hmm. it can be eighteen inches off in either direction. Right. And so, okay. uh, you know, okay. you still got to be careful, and that's the reason I wouldn't, you know, knowing that box is there, I wouldn't want to be drilling new holes. I'd be trying to yeah, utilize okay. the existing and and re-drill what I got. Okay, okay, yeah, use the same, pretty much use the same, the same uh, format basically. Yep, just, just replace the wood and the pickets. Yep. Well, okay. and like I said, I'd I'd pull the posts out of the ground and right. Yeah, can, that's true. Yeah. And because it's leaning like that, it sounds like you probably need to go a little bit deeper. Right. And right. so, you know, you can dr- re-drill it and go a little deeper to help keep it a little yeah. more stable. Yeah. And also, too, I wanted to put it a little bit higher, too. I think it's six foot, maybe seven foot, really. It, on both sides are seven foot, so maybe raise it a little bit higher. Oh, so, yeah. Th- yeah. And so, if you're doing that, you definitely want to go a little deeper then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, so that's... that's uh, Pretty much my question, yeah. So I, okay. I'll try to see if I can reach, you know, get in touch with them again and see, because it's probably not going to make another season. That's all yeah. the I mean, yeah. Okay, well, Jim, that's pretty much all I needed. All righty. Well, you have a Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. You too, Jim. Thank you. Uh, we're going to East Houston. Cindy, how are you today? Hi, Jim. Doing good. So um, I'd like your opinion about, like, metal buildings 
shipping containers or like a tiny house as far as like putting one of those in a backyard uh-huh. for an older person to live in? Which one do you think would be like the most economical or easiest to convert or just what's your opinion about some of those? So, Well, you know, I've actually done some of the, uh, well, many, many years ago, some of the uh, metal shipping containers uh-huh. into uh living quarters for uh, drilling rigs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it, it comes out nice, but you got no darn windows because, you know, it, it's a little difficult to put windows in and seal them well on those. Oh, okay. Uh, so they do make great quarters. And don't get me wrong, it, it can be put in and everything, uh-huh. but it, you're cutting steel in order to do it. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I would probably try to steer you away from that one okay. and lean you more towards uh, some of your other choices. Um, how big a space are you looking to, to do? Well, I don't know. Um, I think maybe like 14 by 12, but I'm not sure if that's right or not. So, I mean, like for a twin bed, dresser, recliner, you know, just, I mean, not a large space, but, you know, enough. That okay. a person will be comfortable in. So, what I would recommend you look at then is uh, places like uh, Morgan Buildings, Atlas Buildings, uh, Lowe's, even and Home Depot. They have, you know, the sheds, tough uh-huh. shed. Uh, they all make units that can be converted into barns or living quarters and things like that. Uh huh. That's going to be your least expensive and easiest way to do it. Oh, okay. All right, I'll check on some of those. Uh, and I will tell you, I I, I did a, a shed at my house last year. I did uh-huh. a uh, 14 by 20, I think it was, and I it was it, it was like 9,700 dollars for the sh- for the shell. Oh, okay. Is it hard then to like you know hook up the electrical thing? No, to it? no, because. <laughs> Because now you're dealing with two by four studs, just like a house, uh-huh. so it's easy to go in and and drill through, run the run the power and everything. Where if okay. you do the metal container, you still got to put all the two by four studs, walls, and everything in. This way, you're all done. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Thank you very much for your opinion. So you bet. You okay. take care. Bye bye. And and all of them make for, uh, some of them that are designed for being converted to uh, being a cabin or barns or anything like that. So, yeah, I'd definitely take a look at that. James, how can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Hey, uh, we had our driveway replaced uh, two years ago, and it's a fairly long driveway. And uh, I just had it power washed, uh, had a, have a pecan tree it sits under, uh-huh. and some, uh, some other uh, uh, bushes, but... Uh, I, w- I wanted to keep it the same, you know, keep it uh, kind of original, the color of it, without all the stain. Is there anything we can apply to it? I have someone apply to it to uh, to resist, I guess, the heat in the summertime and the tire, you know, the tires, I guess, on it. Yeah, you can put thing. a uh, you can add a put a masonry sealer on it uh, mm-hmm. to help with it from uh, absorbing, uh, you know, the the stains and stuff. But it's not going right. to eliminate it completely. And mm-hmm. it does have to be reapplied on a probably a annual to every other year type situation in order to keep that from happening. I got you. Mm-hmm. What kind about of a pain? The, uh, have you, 
Yeah, the, the acid stains. What is your opinion of those? Not on a driveway. Not on a driveway, I got you. No. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, then. Thanks for all you You have bet. Have Take care. Uh, this came from George in Atascacita, and he says, What is the longevity of stamped cement overlay? Will it peel or break up in less than 10 years? And is there anything that could be mixed that will improve its durability? Well, depending on what you use, yes, it could break up in less than 10 years and start peeling. But, you know, typically the ones that are going to be softer that way and, and separate uh, require you to put a sealer on them every year or two in order to maintain the longevity of them. But quite frankly, a lot of these overlays are stronger than concrete anyways. And, and if it adheres good to the concrete you have below it, no, a lot of them last well over the 10-year mark. Uh, just be aware that some of them will require sealers to be put on top of them. And if, if that's the case, make sure you do that because that will greatly extend the life of the product. And, you know, they can make them look like uh, brick or stone or just, you know, all kinds of different uh, products. Or, or materials that you want it to look like. So absolutely take a look at uh, at some of those overlays that way. I had a, a question come in from uh, Julia a couple days ago. Do I really need to install a surge protector for my AC furnace? I just had my winter tune-up done for my HVAC system, which is about 11 years old. I was advised to install a surge protector for both my AC and furnace. It also sounds like this is not something I can do myself. It is going to cost a couple of hundred dollars for the installation of each surge protector. I just wanted to hear your thoughts and on, on that and whether or not there's a cheaper alternative. Thanks. Well, you know, what the surge protector is designed to do is if there's a surge that would ruin the motor or something like that, it's supposed to protect it from being destroyed. Um, it, it's one of those add-ons that HVAC companies love to offer on their tune-ups. Uh, if somebody's coming out to do a $29 tune-up, on your HVAC system, they are not covering the cost of the technician to come out there and do the job. The only way they break even is to have things that they can add on to your system. And this is one of those items that they love to add on. Uh, the, the lights for uh, uh, killing off germs and different things like that are other add-ons. And in some cases, I had a lady who called me earlier today uh, she has a medical issue. It made sense for her to have those the, the bacteria-killing lights and stuff. For most of us, it's not necessary. And for most of us, honestly, a surge protector is not necessary. Uh, you could put a whole house surge protector on and then not have to worry about putting this in, and that's going to protect the refrigerator, the TV, and everything else. But look at it this way. If you put it on the HVAC system, the only thing that's protected is the HVAC system. So that same surge that would blow the motor on the HVAC system is going to blow the TVs, the refrigerator, the freezer, the washing machine, anything that's on 
or plugged in will will have that surge. So I typically don't put things like that on in in on my systems. Uh, like I said, it, it's a, it's a great add-on for for the company. Uh, if you have an issue with the power at your house, then yes, it may be something to look at. Now, I do want to throw this out. Uh, one of the things that on older systems is is offered a lot is a hard start kit. On older systems, those do become uh, quite valuable on keeping a system going. And uh, so, you know, don't get confused that I don't believe in any of the add-ons, but we just have to be careful and use common sense on what we're looking at. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Wonderful. So my question is, uh, I've got a shower, the standalone shower in the house that has a slab foundation, and I was wondering if there is a way to heat the floor underneath the tile. To like do what? The bathroom in some sort. To heat the floor, the floor in the shower? Oh, it? sure. Well, you want that. you want to heat it in the shower? Yes, the floor inside the shower. There is, but you would have to tear the floor out in order to do it. And I got they, that. Okay. Basically, what you'd have to do, uh, you know, if it was outside the shower, they make electric mats you can put underneath the uh, tile and and heat it. If it's going to be in the shower, you don't want to use the electric mats, uh, but right. you can run hot water pipes uh, through there in a grout bed, and that will heat that floor up. But you're going to have to have a recirculating system to run the hot water through there. So that would be a separate, dedicated uh, water heater, if you will? No, actually, you could run it off of your existing water heater uh, and just have it recirculating uh, through there. And, you know, I don't know how long it takes for hot water to get to your shower and you know the bathroom itself but uh you, you could run a dedicated line over there that's for the shower and okay. be able to actually tie the sink and shower into that line so all of those would have quick hot water then as well well we have the little recirculation pump that's underneath the sink oh uh, okay because the hot water is like on the opposite side of the house sure about as far away as you can get well, if you've got that, then all you got to do is tee off that hot water line and run the line over that can run, circulate through underneath that uh, shower, you know, through the, the grout bed that you put in there and back okay. into back into the sink area. And the, now, the disadvantage to it is it's always going to be on. So well, that was my next question. The shower floor is always going to be hot if you... You, if you want to install a valve that can shut it on and off, uh, you know you can do that, but uh, you just have to have it somewhere where it's accessible. Okay, so the shower is on the outside wall, uh, very accessible to the gas meter. That uh -huh. might be an easy way to just put one of those on-demand water heaters just for that purpose. Absolutely, and you can put that on a light switch, turn it on, and boom, you got water going to it. Because you could put, if doing that, you can use a, a single source water heater. And uh, the, right. it, 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 those are small. They, they're not super expensive. Uh, and it would definitely do it. Now, one cautionary thing, again, when you're using a recirculating system, a water system that way, it 
doesn't heat it up in, in seconds or, or even minutes. Uh, it would take a, a several hours to heat all that mortar bed up to where that floor stays warm. So basically what you would do is in the winter months probably just keep the thing on and in the summer months leave it off. Right. What sort of coil or piping or plumbing system would be in that grout floor? How would that look? Uh, you Typically what they're using is, is just the flexible pipes like a PEX type plumbing. And they've got so not little, copper, not not copper or something that's uh, not, not anymore. Nowadays, it's pretty much all done with with a uh, flexible pipe like that, and they make a, a grid uh, system that you would lay down in there, and then these pipes just literally loop back and forth through that grid to hold them in place, and you pour, and you pour the grout over the top of them. Okay. Your plumbing supply stores would be able to order this for you. You're in Richardson, right? Yes. Uh, if you go over on 121, there is a H2O supply. Okay. And they're, they're just before you get to Louisville on the right-hand side, uh, uh, you know, on the north side of 121. Uh, right. They would be able to show you, you know, what it is and and order one because it's not something that's typically kept in stock in Texas because it's it's done all the time in the northern states, but not much in Texas. Hmm. Okay. Rough idea, based on what I've told you so far, how much something like this would cost turnkey. Oh, I mean, if you're only doing a shower, you can't be talking. You can have the water heater, the tubing, the valves and stuff, so you're probably still looking at a couple thousand dollars with the All water right. heater well, being be a big chunk it. of it. Right. And the gas line, obviously, but uh, yeah. that's not that big a deal. Yep. I appreciate, I appreciate your help. It. Thank you. You bet. Take care, Tom. Great show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Frank in Houston. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Yes, I have a foundation question uh, on the east side of our home uh, only on the east side uh, i'm seeing what seems to be superficial cracking of the uh, surface of the foundation uh-huh. uh, and the concrete's flaking off and and little pieces maybe uh eighth to a quarter of inch thick and i can kind of see a little of the wire from the reinforcement yeah but um, I, I have no um, no door problems no window problems uh what can this be it's that the steel got too close to the edge of the concrete. Uh, the uh-huh. steel is supposed to have two inches of concrete over it. And when they get it under that two inches, moisture travels through concrete. And it gets mm-hmm. to that steel. And as the steel starts to rust, it expands and pops that concrete loose. So okay. it, well, it's just uh, spalding of the concrete. It's what? It's, it's called spalding. Spalding. Yeah. Okay. And basically, to, to fix it, you know, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to be a permanent fix. So what you end up doing is they knock off anything that's loose, uh, you know, just with a little hammer. And then they mm-hmm. have to clean the steel rebar that's exposed and put a rust inhibitor on it and mm-hmm. skim coat it with a, uh, with a mortar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that'll last years, and it'll end up having to be done again somewhere down the road. But 
it's not something that's going to make the house fall down by any means of the imagination. It, it really just is a cosmetic thing that don't look good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was what I was hoping for. Is this the kind of thing you disclose when you sell your house? Not really. Okay. So uh, so there's a fix. That they, they treat the wire and they smooth over some mortar. Correct. Okay. Is that a very expensive proposition? No. Uh, you know, the hardest part is finding somebody who's willing to do it because it, it is such a small project. Uh-huh. I got you. All right. Well, that's my question. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care, Frank. How can yeah, I help uh, you? Yes, sir. Uh, I have a quick, quick, quick question. I was, I was looking for one uh, duplex to buy, and uh, I don't have much experience uh, regarding a house. But got the inspection report and found a unique thing that all the vents for the dryer and even for the restroom, everything, it's, it's, it's put in, it's left out in the attic. And the house was built on 2006. And I don't know if something that's normal or no. if that's abnormal. How can we fix it? Is, 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 do we have to really make a hole in the roof and do that? Because I see all the lint, everything. Yep. It's, it's, it's in there and it's a you know, fire hazard, all those things. So what do you, what do you advise on that? Well, you can run it through the roof and the roofer would have to come out and, and yeah. do the penetration and everything. Yes. Or you can run it over to the soffit vents. What is that? Uh, you can run it over to the soffit vents. If, what is that? Uh, on, the, on the edge, uh, the overhang that hangs out beyond the wall on the house is okay, called, okay. called a soffit. And there's going to be vents, or there should be vents in it. Uh, and okay. if there's not, one could be cut where the pipe can be dropped out that way to oh, let, okay, let okay, the okay. air out. So that's option. What do you what do you call that again? Soft soffit? So, uh, soffit. S O F F I T. I think is how it's spelled. Okay. 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 But it, it is just uh, option to do from the. Oh yeah. Uh, on yeah. The, on but the, you definitely want to do something because, uh, especially dryers, they're they're dumping all that moisture yes. into the air, um, and and same with a bathroom. You know, you're typically dumping moisture, humidity moisture, yeah. into yeah. it, and that ruins the insulation in the attic as well. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Is the heater vented out? Or is it gas heat or electric? It's electric. Okay. So. All right. So, yeah, okay. All righty. Thanks, sir. You bet. You take care. Bye. And again, 214-787-1080. That's 214-787-1080. You know, normally a vent pipe like that is run by uh, AC people. Uh, but they don't do the penetration through the roof. Normally, a roofer has to come out. They set the jack, uh, and then the the uh, AC person will run the pipe through it for the vent. And uh, you know, somebody in the in the inspection process just missed it for uh, for it to be that way. So, uh, does it need to be corrected? Yes, it does. Um, but is it something that would keep me from Buying a place? Absolutely not, because it's too easy to get it corrected. Let's head over to Capel and Gino. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thanks for having me. I have a uh, a second story balcony, and I promise you, it's not from 1953. That's and okay. It can. I want to extend it into a usable deck. Right now, there's a pergola in place, so I want the deck on the second floor but I also want to 
be able to sit below the deck, uh, like I do right now, below the pergola, and not get rained on. Is there a way to waterproof that deck on the second floor so I don't get rained on? There is. Uh, they What happens is you actually build the structure. They put a membrane over it, a waterproofing membrane, uh, and then you can put the deck boards over that. Um, what what type of membranes are uh, are there? It's a uh, it's a rubberized membrane, and okay. typically your roofing contractors would have this and be able to uh, you know uh, get you the supply of it, or you can just go to a, a roofing supply store uh, to get it. You know you're in Capel there, uh, over on thirty five uh, and twelve is a roofing supply store. It's on the uh, east side of 35. And I'm, I'm almost positive that they would have it. Okay, so membrane. Uh, is it painted on, or are we talking a piece of plastic? Or No, it comes, or? It comes. it's like a big roll of rubber. Oh, okay. It's a big roll of rubber. They would, they would go under the, under the board. That's Correct. We're gonna, under the board, and that would waterproof it. From, yes, from sir. below. Yep. Okay, great. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate what you do every week, and thank you for what you do to your body for us. Thank you. <laughs> thank you much. Take care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 